Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome back to Spiritual Path. I am your host, Kim Gilster, the Spiritual Synergist. I am a life coach, which means that I help you to find happiness in your life, whatever that may be. I give you tools um, and I coach you. You know, I give you incentives. Um, we check on how you're using the tools, or maybe you need something else. Always, always helping you to move forward in your life, whether that's financial or in love or whatever area that you would like improvement. Um, and I'm supposed to have a co-host this morning. Unfortunately, she's having a lot of technical difficulties. So she might be joining us a little bit later. Hopefully she will. Um, Because this is the thing that we cover a lot. Um, I cover it a lot with my coaching clients. Um, You know, she's actually been one of my clients. And we covered it a lot with her. Um, And these tools that I'm about to discuss today will hopefully, and they've proven to do so with many other people, um, help you to have better relationships with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers and your neighbors and whomever else is in alignment in your reality. Um, so one of the questions that I got a lot or that I do get a lot um, is how do I talk about my spirituality to others? What I hear you saying when you say that is, how how do how is it that I validate myself, or how is it that I change somebody else? To my way of thinking, um, and you know the answer to the first question is you can't validate yourself. (laughs) The answer to the second question is, well, in a nutshell, if they would like the information that you have, great, Um, but they don't necessarily need the information that you have. I want to discuss with regard to this are expectations and how to deal with not having any expectations because that's going to help you to get in the groove of, you know, loving those around you unconditionally. And you may feel like you love them unconditionally, but you may feel like they're not loving you unconditionally. And, you know, we'll talk about that. Um, So another area is approval. Approval that you feel you may need from others. And, yeah, you know, it feels really good to get approval from others. Um, But in order, and and this seems oxymoronic, but in order to get approval from others, seeking any kind of approval or validation on any level. Okay, it's a paradox. But it is the way that this works. And I know this because I've been through it myself. You know, I spent much of my life, like many of you most likely, you know, trying to win the approval of others. And I kept telling myself, well, you know, I'm being me. I'm being authentic. Why is it that, you know, they're they're just always being confrontational? They're always trying to maybe save me, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, essentially... I felt like they were looking down their noses at me quite often. Um, A lot of that, well, all of that was of my own making, of my own creation. Um, And so, you know, I made some alignments. I made an alignment in a relationship that was just a very, 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 very close alignment with me. Um, and in that relationship, I was made to see all of the subtle things or things that I felt were subtle that were going on with me. 
it was just, you know, raw and real and in my face. And, of course, because this person was my significant other, I just kept, you know, saying, oh, you know, but, but I want, I want to feel, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to validate me is what I was really saying. I want your approval with everything that I do, really. And then, of course, this person was, you know, largely doing the same thing back with me. Um, and I often thought that I was giving my approval to this person. But because I wasn't approving of myself, I wasn't actually energetically giving my approval to this person. Um, and, of course, that led to all sorts of different havoc. Um, but it was through this um, and that alignment that I got to really, really, really learn about what these things are. What are expectations? So that's what we're going to start with. Um, so ultimately, expectations are firstly expectations that we have of others and also expectations that we have of ourselves. Um, so we practice this. It can look something like, well... You know, here it is that, you know, let's say it's my mother. And my mother, you know, sees what I'm doing and, you know, maybe she's criticizing me. She's saying, you know, I don't know, you know, why you're doing all that meditation stuff. I don't know, you know, you know, who do you think you are and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and maybe, <laughs> you know, my mother's suggesting other things for me. But it usually looks like something like, well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, um, not meditating. There's nothing wrong with, you know, living like everybody else. Because perhaps she sees the way that I'm doing things as, you know, not beneficial because it's maybe not going along with what she thinks is more common. Um, and so when my mother says something like this to me, all I have to do is validate her feelings. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if I agree with them or not. It really doesn't. Um, so how do I find it inside of myself to do that? Well, first I attempt to do it, you know. Um, I might say something like, okay, inside of myself, I'm sorry for your pain. Um, but then through that, I might say something like, oh, okay, well, you know, what is it that, you know, you think is, you know, working for you. She might then tell me, you know, this is what's working for me. Okay, well, you know, if that's working for you, great. You know, I'm I'm real happy if that's working for you. And all I need to ever say about me, I'm doing what's working for me. You know? And I understand that that doesn't always feel comfortable. And the reason that it doesn't feel comfortable is because People are constantly saying to us that you can't be in your ego. And the ego is simple. It's just a sense of self. Oftentimes, without even knowing it, when they say ego to us, they're really talking about egotism. And oftentimes, they think because we're having a sense of self because we're working on being self-loving, that we're being egotistic. But really, that's just a reflection of the fact that they're not working on themselves, that they're afraid. They're in a lot of pain. It's not about you. It's about them and the pain that they're in. So then how do you handle that? Somebody comes to you and says, Oh, you know, you're so in your ego. Look at you. You know, you think that the world revolves around you. That, you know, we've all heard that one, you know. <laughs> Especially those of us who are sensitive. Because as a sensitive, we're, we've already been in touch with ourselves. We're trying to go the opposite way of what most people are doing. And maybe they need to be concentrated on egotism. But guess what? If you're a sensitive person... Um, you berate yourself more than anything than to act out of some sense of absorption. Um, well, 
it is a sort of self-absorption, but what it looks like is you're, you're more about degrading yourself, that something's wrong with you, especially if you're not being validated by the people outside of yourself. But that's the thing. When that happens, and we might feel uncomfortable with it, that's a trigger. You know, we've just, or I've discussed, in, along with Hobby Zula and, you know, several other people have been on this show, how to deal with your triggers, okay, and how to reprogram things and so you can stop being self-deprecating. Because you want to get to a point where when you say, yes, you know, I'm working on myself, I'm doing what's working for me, that you feel really, really comfortable in that. Um, and there's something else that you need to recognize within that. Are you looking for approval or control? And really, they're two sides of the same coin. They're almost the same thing. Um, because looking for approval will cause us to want to control people because, you know, we feel like they're triggering us. But they're not triggering us. The only one that can trigger us is ourselves. Ultimately, we're simply in alignment with them triggering us to give us the opportunity to be able to go ahead and deal with that trigger and move forward, move forward out of the pain, transmute the pain into something more useful, into something more loving. And as we do that, what happens is the people around us see it. We don't have to say much to them. They start asking us questions. Well, what are you doing? Well, you know, you look so good. You're all shiny. You know, you're, I've had that happen. Oh, look, you know, your weight looks good. Oh, there's nothing different about you. But I haven't seen, you know, anything that, you know, physically looks different about you. I'm not sure what it is. You can have a little bit of a conversation and, you know, you gear that conversation to where they are at. So you ask them questions about where they are at initially. You know, initially what I normally do is I just thank them because they genuinely need it. And they're vibing with that. And it actually validates them. It makes them feel good about themselves that, hey, you know, I was able to recognize this inside of yourself or inside of you. And I was able to tell you that, <laughs> you know. Um, so now it puts you in a space where, you know, you're both feeling pretty good. And, you know, you can ask them things like, well, you know, what are you doing? What, what, what's going on with you? You know, what's happening um, in your life? And then through that conversation, you can start asking about, you know, maybe some of the fears and frustrations that might, they might be having and things in their own life. And, you know, maybe you can suggest maybe not, <laughs> you know. Um, they will tell you that if you really learn to listen because one of the key elements to this is that you really have to listen to them and let them be where they are. But listen. Listen to what they're telling you about where they are. What would be possibly the next step for you? You might be, you know, 100 steps past that, but it doesn't mean they're wrong for being on a step that you were at, you know, six months ago, five years, 10 years, 20 years ago, or what have you, okay? It took you some time to get to where you're at. They may or may not understand some of the tools that you have. They don't need to. Why? Because you don't need their validation. But do you see, without needing the validation, without needing their validation, what happened is they more or less validated you because you just thought, hey, something's different about you. I really like that you seem shiny. I really like, you know, whatever aspect of something that they can see that they like about what's going on with you. I'll never forget today, you know, I mean, I think our, our parents um, and our siblings, our family of origin are people that you know, are the ones that we look for the approval of the most. And, yeah, there are people who, and I've done it, <laughs> where you get to a point and you're, you know, 
I don't, I don't, I don't need you, and I don't need for you to prove me, and I don't need neither that sort of thing. That's a space of resistance, okay? And I see people doing that, um, and you know, it can be a step. It really can, because at least you're realizing that. Well, you know, I don't, I don't need the approval. It's just a matter of getting the tools to go. Oh, okay, um, and not being or coming from a space of resistance to whatever it is that they're throwing at you. Um, I went through a lot of releasing of, you know, the past of really working on with my core self of bringing my spirit to a place where it could be integrated with my physical and with my soul spaces, et cetera, et cetera, my DNA, um, transmitting some of the things with the DNA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a lot that actually happens with this, but it's it's complicated to think about, but it's really not that complicated. <laughs> it's actually very simple. Um, and, you know, one of the places that we start is we say, okay, I'm not going to look for, because when we're in that resistance thing, what are we doing? We're saying, like, well, I'm still actually looking for approval, but then I'm, you know, in that resistance to, I don't need the approval. Mm. So what we're saying is we still feel, feel like we need the approval. Okay? When we release that need for that approval, we will get it. And then that feels good because once then getting the approval is who we really are. Who we are in our authentic self, our core self. And then as a result of that, you know, also on, you know, our soul and, you know, our body and who we are, ourself in this now. Because that's the thing. The self is not just the spirit. The self, you know, at least in this space of now. Okay, once we leave this body, then yeah, that we go back to that being the self. It is the core self um, in this space of now here on the earth plane. It's the core self, but it is not the full self here on the earth plane. Um, it's very, very essential to integrate all of that. And you won't be able to do it if you're constantly looking for approval and validation outside of yourself, okay? Because really what that's going to do is confuse you. It will say like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, I need to go and I need to do this because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, I need to act in this certain way because, well, you know, it's, survival and it is what you know I'm being told, told you're supposed to do um, I've seen people do all sorts of interesting things um, and really they just lead them back to blaming someone really um, and uh, that's all tied up in approval you know so I'm expected that because I see somebody who you know is a terrorist or murders somebody or, or whatever Things that maybe we, you know, are told are supposed to be like this horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Um, yeah, well, you know, something like that is definitely not favorable. It causes a lot of pain. But it wouldn't be happening if there wasn't some kind of a space for it. So, um, you know, how can we get in a space of, you know, not feeling a need to be judgmental? Well, one of the spaces is not looking for approval. You know, so we might be online and somebody posts up an article about something. Um, we can ask how we really, really feel about it. Not from an emotional standpoint, because if it's really just triggering you, if it's really, you know, oh, my God, I feel overwhelmed and, you know, all of this sort of thing, don't respond. Don't. Because that will put you in a space of, well, okay, I, I, I'm seeking, I'm seeking attention, I'm seeking approval. But you can recognize that and go like, oh, okay, that's that space. Well, you know, I'm being triggered, so I'm going to come over here and I'm going to deal with whatever that is. Maybe or maybe not, I'll come back to that. 
But when I come back to it, I'm going to be coming back to it from a different kind of space. And now I can really sort of talk about it and I can talk about it with probably getting less triggered. And so maybe I can, you know, be more helpful and be more helpful to myself. And through that too, it allows us to talk to people. It allows us to talk to people about how we really feel. Okay, another thing that I see people really in fear of is being vulnerable. Okay. Um, But every time I encourage someone to be more vulnerable, every time they face the fears, because that's what most people are talking about when they talk about facing fears, Um, although it's more complicated than that, but that's what they're talking about. They're basically saying, okay, you're going to put yourself into a position where you're vulnerable. And no matter what happens, know that if you're putting yourself out there is this is how I feel, you're saying I'm willing to deal with it. Then more than that, you're saying I can. Okay. So say you put yourself out there and, and it's something that, especially if you feel something you're vulnerable about, we're not always aware of sometimes when we put things out there that we're actually being vulnerable um, on some level because, well, putting anything out in larger society or putting anything out um, towards even a group of friends is vulnerability to an extent. But we can't have an expectation that, oh, these people are going to just love what I put out there. Because uh, there will always be people who don't. There will always be those people. Okay, there's no escaping that, you know, who will react through their own triggers about something or they'll react, you know, because for whatever reason, you know, it's just maybe they don't feel good about themselves about something or who knows, you know. It could be for a plethora of reasons, which we can't always figure out, uh, nor is it our business to really try. Um, all we can do is extend a hand. Um, and that's another thing, speaking of which. Um, something that I see a lot is people will offer prayer and offer sending love or sending prayers when the person didn't ask. So it's definitely appropriate to hold love um, or to offer love. But to offer love, it looks something more like, would you like some prayers? Would you like some love? Or here's some love if you would like to have it. Because that respects them. And it says, I'm not looking for your approval. You don't need my approval. Okay? Because oftentimes when we're saying, I'm sending prayers, I'm sending love, what we're saying to this person is, oh, you have to accept it. Maybe they don't want to for some reason, you know, and they have their own reasons. And that's not a reflection on you. That is, you know, just where they're at. No expectations, right? We don't expect necessarily that they're going to take it. Okay. But then as a part of us not seeking approval, we're not going to practice sympathy because sympathy is I'm sending prayers right away or, you know, without them asking. Now, if somebody asks, can you send prayers or whatever you have, that's great. Then you can say, okay, I'm sending you prayers. Now, they're giving you the option a lot of times, whatever works for you or whatever. I'm just looking for some nice energy to be sent my way to help me with whatever's going on. That's great. And in all actuality, making that a practice in your reality can be great too. Okay? Um, Because that saying, you're vulnerable, you know, that you're willing to, you know, maybe you don't feel like you like prayers or maybe you don't feel like you, you know, are in alignment with the sending love thing or whatever. Or, 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 you know, because maybe you're not a part of a certain religion or maybe you're not a part of, you know, a certain practice or whatever. Um, all of those things, though, represent loss, however that person can give it. Again, Meeting people where they're at is going to allow you to receive things you're not going to be able to communicate the way that you would like to. 
Because ultimately, yes, you want to be seen. You want to be heard. That's part of being a human being. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? It's just living your life to want validation, to, you know, it's needy. It's not balanced. It is, you know, looking for the approval all of the time, you know, on whatever level. It's not balanced. And the thing is, is that you will get it. You will get it. Um, you know, hopefully I'm making sense here. <laughs> it can be um, a little difficult for me energetically when I'm not actually talking to somebody. Um, but, hey, you know, as they say, the show must go on. And I want to tell you that, you know, there was something that happened to me um, that turned the tide in my life. Um, with the approval thing, and really let me know that I was definitely on the right track with this. And what happened was that I was on the phone with my mother. I hadn't spoken to my mother in a while. I let her know that I wasn't going to be speaking to her, and it wasn't about her, and that I loved her, um, but I just needed some space, and she gave it to me. And, you know, that's because over years, you know, I, I worked on even that aspect of things with my mother. So I went about, I spent, you know, about the next year just really, just really, really, you know, not worrying about her approval or, or the approval of any of my family members and very much working on myself. And then I started speaking to them again, and my mother in particular. And, of course, for me, my mother had always, you know, the person that I sought the approval from the most and the person that, you know, I had the most trying relationship with. But so this one night, I just, you know, I don't remember the whole context of the conversation, but I do remember saying to my mother, you know, I'm here to help people fall madly in love with themselves. Now, when I said that, I had no expectation of her saying, oh, that's great, or no expectation the opposite way around, which is something that I think I forgot to talk about, but of her disapproving, because there are those expectations too, so we're going to get into that next. Um, but all I did was state my business. This is who I am. I love me enough to just be vulnerable and, you know, I love me enough to let you have whatever feeling that you want to have about that. And lo and behold, she said, I know. Two little words, I know. But those two little words meant the world. Not because, you know, I was like all of a sudden excited or any of that. I wasn't looking for validation, so it doesn't really work that way. It was like, Wow. Okay. Great. Interesting. Yeah. Wonderful. And it was just this, you know, that feeling of home, feeling of home that we're always searching for. We're always searching for it from outside of ourselves. I had it inside of myself. I knew I had it inside of myself. But then to actually just get it from your mother, um, yeah. I meant a lot. And then I started to better recognize, you know, her place in my reality, my place in her reality, and so on and so forth. And since then, we've, you know, been able to have wonderful conversations about all manner of things. It doesn't mean that I sometimes didn't get triggered. Um, I mean, that hasn't happened for quite a long time, but I'm not saying it might, um, because when my mother does that, and she never purposely does it, of course, but when it happens um, in conversation with my mother, I appreciate it even more than I do with other people, because, well, she's my mother. I chose to be born to her. She chose to have me, and, you know, <laughs> we have that sort of relationship like many of us do with our mothers, or even if you have adopted parents. After all, they chose you, too, you know? Um, so, yeah. Now, oh, I wanted to talk about negative expectations or what people label as being negative. Yeah. And I'm going to use this word first. 
sake of argument. Um, so oftentimes we have expectations, you know, and they're based on obviously, you know, interactions that we've had with people in the past. And oftentimes, even if it's somebody we love, oftentimes those um, expect, you know, those things generally get in our way. Um, and they cause a lot of fear if we have them. Um, so it's really great opportunity when we, you know, are sitting there and we're thinking about having a conversation about something with someone that, you know, becomes a necessary conversation because, you know, maybe it's about boundaries or maybe it's about, um, you know, needing some space or, you know, I mean, whatever it could be, a lot of different things. Um, or just really letting them know sort of what's going on with you. So we then go into our brains sometimes, um, at least those of us who are still working on uh, the subconscious type of triggers. And what happens is we build up all of these things. Okay, well, what's happened in the past is they got angry at me. Well, what happened in the past is they tried to browbeat me into doing something. Oh, what happened in the past was, you know, that, even though they were being really nice to me, I could feel, you know, they were trying to manipulate me in some way or another. And those things can be actually real in your reality. Um, but they did have those reactions. Um, but you never know what their reaction will or will not be. And when you go in with an expectation that, you know, the reaction you're, you're going to get is something you don't want, um, then it will be, more than likely. Every once in a while, they will surprise you even in that. But more times than not, it will be. Why? Because that is what you're manifesting. Okay? And, again, even if you get is, you know, similar to reactions that you got in the past, um, let them have it. Let them be in pain. Let them have however they feel, okay? And if it triggers you, and, and by the way, when you're in those fears before it, it's great trigger stuff to work on, okay? Particularly if you start working on it before it becomes overwhelming, okay? Because that's what we want to practice that doing. We want to find those things before they become overwhelming. Um, anyway, Closing <laughs> about this particular subject, yeah, just just let them be. Let them be here they are. If you get triggered, you know, you can say, okay, I need a timeout, um, you know, walk away in some space. Um, again, if you can, not out of, you know, some sort of emotional resistance to them, just breathe, breathe, you know, okay, I've got to go handle this about me and my stuff and I'm going to let you handle you and your stuff. Sometimes, um, and what I've done in the past, it's just, you know, go ahead. You go ahead and, and handle what you have going on with this. I know this is probably difficult for you. I appreciate that, okay? And that's my first chance. It's like, okay, I'm validating their feelings. Invalid, you know, and so that gives them space to go and deal with however they deal with. And you may be surprised that they actually have better tools than you might have thought. You might get surprised. Oftentimes, people get totally shocked and surprised <laughs> um, because all of the expectations, which are assumptions, have gotten in the way of them oftentimes being able to see who this person really is and what this person may or may not actually be capable of. Um, and then there's the energy thing. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, uh, you just gave me permission to think about how this, how I want to think about this, and you didn't fight me over it. So there's nothing for them to fight. Okay, this then allows them to possibly consider you and your feelings, you know. And it's through this that 
oftentimes we can, you know, get to a space of equilibrium. And what does this have to do about your spirituality? Because talking to people about your spirituality, you know, your spirituality and how you really feel about yourself um, is really what your spirituality is. Because if you're doing spirituality, um, it is a self-journey, okay? And it's a journey you have to have with yourself. Um, and so when we're talking about, you know, not validating or not looking for the validation, not having expectations of yourself, not having expectations of others, things like this is going to put you and how to interact within that is going to put you in a space where, you know, you may or you may not be able to talk about your spirituality with those closest to you. Oftentimes you can. So oftentimes you can. Um, maybe not the, you know, real specifics um, of your beliefs, but you can talk to them about how you feel about you and about why you feel, why you might feel awake about something. Um, that is absolutely valid. They don't have to agree with you. Okay? Not at all. Um something interesting that, you know, I've observed that it doesn't seem spiritual, but a lot of people do equate it with spirituality, is diet. Um, so, you know, you have people who might be doing a vegan diet or you might have people who are you know, doing a paleo diet or, you know, whatever kind of diet. Um, oftentimes when people are doing a diet, because it's working for them, they often want to go to other people, particularly those people that they live with, and they want to sort of, you know, go, oh, you need to do this diet because it's making me feel so great, and, you know, oh, and then they start criticizing, oh, then you should keep that up, you know, because this, this, you know, and they feel like really giving you some information, but the person that they're giving the information to often feels beat up upon, and rightly so. You can talk about, you know, hey, I'm doing this diet, and this diet is making me feel really good. <coughs> Say the person, excuse me, use some water. Say the person, um, you know, is adverse to you talking about how this diet makes you feel good. That's okay, too. Let them be adverse. Um you know, sometimes and we all get confronted with that. Well, I, you know, I don't do that because, you know, oh, you know, that's just, that's just cookie or, you know, oh, well, that just doesn't make sense to me. And your reply can be, okay, that's fine. And everybody, you know, eats differently and that's okay. You'd be surprised even when it comes to something like a diet that people will oftentimes, you know, maybe not right away, but they will come to you and say, you know, oh, you know, I do see that you are feeling better. You know, tell me about this diet. Again, even when you tell them about the diet, okay, be conscious that you're not telling them about the diet as if it's something they have to do or don't have to do or so on and so forth. Okay? Because to do so is, you know, making them feel some kind of fear or oftentimes it's making them feel um, like they're inferior or, you know, and then that's triggering them or, you know, or, 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 or. Um, So then you lose the communication. So here they were wanting to know about your diet and now they feel like they can't do the diet. And then they'll start to give you all kinds of reasons why they can't as well. Um, And sometimes they'll even do that when you're not, you know, um, coming from that space. That's okay. Um, if they do that, then, you know, when you're coming from a space where you know that, you know, you're not sort of telling them, you know, that they have to have this and what's good for them is that, you know, now the suggestions that you come up with, you know, will be different because they'll be asking, oh, you know, why not? But the energy of the why not, okay, is different than, you know, when you're being defensive of your diet. Right, because you're looking for again. That's the thing you're looking for approval. Um, so it might go something more like, "Oh, you know, well, I can't do that because I don't have a budget for that." Oh, I understand. You know, here's the thing: I had 
budget problems too. A lot of us do. I mean, food's so expensive. And when I, you know, I did that, I just acknowledged how they feel. Okay? I validated how they feel. (laughs) And I said, it's okay to feel that way with those words. Now I can go into something like, there are ways to do it. And then ask them, would you like something like, would you like to know how? They get to answer me. Nah, you know, and I've had people do that. Nah, it's okay. Oh, I'm not ready to hear that. And you know what? I don't want to change my diet. Or mm, maybe this is something I need to think about a little bit more and, you know, feel whether or not it's right for me. Because the thing is, is that just because it's working for me doesn't mean it's going to work for them, especially on a physical level. Okay? But then they can come back to me sometimes. And this has happened to me where you know, I don't think your exact way that you're doing things would work for me. Although I do see some benefits in, you know, uh, I don't know, like just, you know, having a little bit more fat in my diet or or whatever it is. Um, and so then we can talk about questions and um, things about how that would look for them. And if it's something that I'm living with, <laughs> that's even more beneficial, you know, because um, well, let's face it, to see certain things, you know, in the fridge or whatever, um, you know, is uh, more challenging for me. Uh, but I say more challenging, okay? People where, you know, babies said to become vegan, they're living with their family, their family are meat eaters, and they're now trying to browbeat them into not eating meat really bad thing. And then they go into this whole thing about, I can't stand seeing the meat in the refrigerator. Mm, That's their trigger. Okay? However that looks, it's their trigger. Um, They live in a world where people eat meat, and they're never going to live in a world where people stop eating meat altogether. So, you know, unless you want to go live in a cave, um, or something of that nature, then, you know, run away from your reality, then, you know, you might want to work on your trigger around looking at animal food. Um, <laughs> you know, thing. And that's just the first right? Um, or if you're a meat eater and you happen to be rooming with or, you know, you, you fall in love with this person, this person's vegan, Okay. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, I love everything about this person except, oh, they're vegan. And there's a trigger there. Okay. And then you start making all of this assumptions and so forth. I have friends who are vegan and they're wonderful. And you know what? They don't, and I don't, I'm not a vegan. And we don't have a problem with that. And we respect each other's space and we're madly loving of each other. <laughs> um, yeah, because we don't have triggers that we allow, you know, of what we work through and then whatever we do. But anyway, we don't have those sorts of triggers. Um, and life is a much better place. And, you know, sometimes we have conversations about these things and we don't get triggered from them, you know. And we get ideas from each other. We get ideas of things of, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm vegan, but I need to put more fat into my diet. I mean, paleo people, people think because I'm paleo that I just like eat 90% meat. Um, And it's more like 20%. But (laughs) so I know a lot of things about, you know, great stuff that has like some really great fat in it (laughs) and um, really you know, dense nutrition in it because that's really what paleo is all about. So my vegan friends can learn things from me about that. Or, you know, I learn things from my vegan friends about, you know, certain nutritional levels and goals and things like that and, you know, balancing, um, you know, that sort of intake in certain ways. So because they tend to be very well informed in that. See, I would have missed that if I'd been triggered by the fact they were vegan. And they would have, you know, and and that's just the world. (laughs) Oh, yes, communication with everyone, with everyone in the world. If if you can at all, um, 
you know, keep yourself open and just learn to communicate. You know, the more that people trigger you, just, you know, understand. Unless, of course, they're troll online and they're just continuing to browbeat you. Or even sometimes in person, you know, if they're continuing to scream and yell at you and whatever, obviously, make sure you move yourself to such a situation. Um, but then you can also look at the situation and just think, oh, you know, like, how do I feel about it? And, you know, is there something that I could learn from it or not? You know, it's not about beating up on yourself because, oh, you know, I didn't have this perfect communication with this person and, you know, what I'm trying didn't work the first time or whatever. We learn. I mean, it's like, you know, trying to understand complex physics formulas and you never learned arithmetic. And saying that just because a person needs to learn arithmetic, they're somehow inferior. Uh, no. <laughs> That's just not how life works. Anyway, it looks like um, Laura is not going to be able to join us since we only have 15 minutes left in this podcast. And personally, I didn't get anybody who called in. I was really, really hoping for your questions because I absolutely answering people's questions. I love getting feedback from you guys. Um, and, you know, I've taken to asking more and more survey questions on my groups and um, questions on my timeline on Facebook, folks. So you can join my Facebook group. It's called uh, Kim Gilster, the Spiritual Synergist on Facebook. I also have a YouTube, which is Kim Gilster, the Spiritual Synergist. Um, I am working on putting together some courses. It's getting really exciting. It's going to be for sensitive people um, because I find that our approaching spirituality and religion um, that's geared towards people who are not sensitive. It's geared towards people who were not born awake. <laughs> and it's funny that people understand that people who are sensitive are sensitive because they're awake. That for whatever reason, um, which I'm still sort of eking out right now, but for whatever reason, um, you know, some of us were just you were born awake. Um, and this has been true throughout history. This is not, you know, a part of the sentient thing. The sentient thing is realizing this, you know, because when you look at history, what you see is you're seeing, you know, a lot of artists and musicians and, and you know, just uh, poets and writers. And, um, yes, sensitive people do tend towards careers if they can and things that are, like, very, cre- you know, creative artistically. But, you know, there are sensitives everywhere. Think about the social workers. Um, even a person who's a revolutionary oftentimes is sensitive. Um you know, all of these psychologists and, and so on and so forth. Um, so we're, you know, so the sensitive initially, too, already knows how to help. Well, not how to help, but wants to, <laughs> you know. Um, the sensitive um, tends to, you know, not think about themselves first. Um, and so the non-sensitive is actually thinking about themselves first. <laughs> and so spirituality, spiritual teachings conclude religious teachings for whatever reason have gone more towards those people. I'm, I have no idea why they observe those as being the majority of people because the thing is, is there's a really incredible book if you would like to read it. It's called Unto Others. Offhand, I forget the name of the um, the two people who wrote it, but they're psychologists, um, and it's about group think and it's about group selection and it you know it's, it's wonderful, um, and their theories in it um, are backed by some really awesome evidence, and for a long time psychology just thought that you know it was more natural to be selfish, for whatever reason so did religion. Um, and so a lot of sensitive people are doing things backward and getting frustrated. And then it just causes the sensitives to really beat up on themselves more. And sensitives tend to beat up on themselves more than the non-sensitives. Um, so, 
so my program is going to be addressing all of this and, you know, really getting uh, into a space where sensitive people can be very empowered and very self-loving because um, guess what? Those are the steps that we sensitive people need. Anyway, um, again, you can find me at my website at kimgelster.com. Um, I'm doing, you know, free, free 15-minute consultations um, for coaching services right now. Um, so we get to sit down and for 15 minutes and figure out whether or not, you know, we can work together. Um, you can tell me what it is that you're seeking. And I will see if, you know, it's something I can help you with. And you can get to know me for a minute, too, see if you're comfortable with me, of course. Because where I'd rather have you be. Um, until two weeks from now. Oh, and oh my gosh, how could I forget? <laughs> I want to uh, send a shout out to people in London and Manchester today because, uh, yeah, we know. Um, you know, what can you say about that? There's a lot of people who are finding a lot of love in Manchester. I'm really hoping the same um, is going to be true for London. Um, knowing Londoners, it probably will, <laughs> because Londoners in the past have really, really shown um, they have a lot of strength. They have a lot of love. So, um, you know, I prefer to support that. Anyway, again, you can find me at kimgilster.com. Uh, most of the things that I've talked about here linked on my website. Um, there's videos there that you can watch. There's articles that I've written on some basic stuff. Um, oh, and another thing I almost forgot is um, I have this wonderful friend, and she has this wonderful magazine, which is called Path Magazine. It is P like Paul, A, T like Tom, H, E, Path Magazine. Um, you can find it at pathmagazine.com. Path Magazine is wonderful because it's all about, you know, self-exploration and, you know, how to be spiritual and have a business that really thrives, um, how to go about your everyday life and be a sensitive, be a spiritual person. Um, there's books. To read from all kinds of different authors there that are you know at least suggested um, ways to get to them. Um, there's musicians. Um, um, edition is all about acceptance, you know, accepting others, accepting self, and all of the so many articles written by so many wonderful people. Um, and you know, and every time I read it, it's also beautiful, but. Um, and every time I've read it, you know, I do get things from all of the different people. Because we all have our own, you know, perspectives. And we're all in a different sort of space. Um, individuality is important. Anyway, go check it out, pathmagazine.com. Um, they also have a Facebook, Path Magazine. And, you know, I'm in it, this up-and-coming uh, edition. And then there is next edition I will be in as well. So anyway, have a wonderful, wonderful couple of weeks. Bye for now.